Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this episode, Harvey Lewis came on. Harvey recently ran at the Australian Backyard Masters at Dead Cow Gully, where he went for 90 hours. And soon, he'll be running at Biggs to defend his title of Backyard Ultra World Champion. Here we go. Um, G'day, Harvey. How are you going? Wonderful. Great. Um, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's about eight, a little after 8 p.m. here. Uh, so we're, we're at like opposite ends of the day. You're, you're yeah. just uh, into the thick of the morning and, and I'm uh, kind of cooling down the engines. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Harvey, I noticed that um, you posted the other day on Instagram a little bit about your first Backyard Ultra actually back in uh, 2017. And it looks like there's a bit of an interesting backstory about that. You posted a poll and that your followers decide which race you wanted to um, actually do. Mm. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like being the government teacher in high school, like I, I like making things democratic when it's possible. I, I really haven't done that uh, since. I'm, I should. <laughs> so, but it's just a fun, creative thing that posts like four different races. And I honestly thought that I had like one of them was a, a stage race in Oman and um, a six day race. And honestly, I can't remember the other choice, but they were all really interesting choices. And the Biggs Backyard, like, won overwhelmingly. I think it got, like, 80% of the vote or something. So, I mean, I, I don't think I had even heard of Biggs until, like, maybe that year. And I just was like, oh, yeah, that kind of seems like it'd be interesting. Yeah. So let's check it out. And I went into the race. And I remember talking to a few people. It just didn't, And I remember, like, people were like, uh, that I talked to. We're like, oh, yeah, uh, they had, like, lower expectations for me than I had for myself. And so uh, it was um, kind of fun to dispel some of, like, the ideas that people had kind of associated me with more, like, 24-hour races or road races like Badwater, when, in fact, I, I really love all types of races. So I hadn't really had an opportunity to, like, um, you know, um, get get – uh, and be as well known for running on trails. Um, so it was fun going in the race as a, as an underdog and, and it, it being a kind of race that anyone can win or, or do well in. And then um, discovering just the, uh, uh, the wildness, uh, the, the clever uh, construction of the race in terms of like uh, all the, 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 uh, necessities of like using your mind and strategy and uh and just the um that sure uh that sure there's a challenge of the will um your willpower and then also just uh being outside and in like in, in embracing the nature for like a race that has no end so it's a uh, kind of a a, a really exciting uh, sort of event I discovered and and then uh, end up going on for uh, I think people kind of expected it, it to go a lot shorter than it did and then um, we there was like uh, most of field was out by the after like a little ways after the first day uh, and it was like three of us were left and then Johan who's a phenomenal runner and he's He's done really well in a number of races. I know him well, and I love the guy. Um, he went out like uh, somewhere into that second night, which now seems like so young, <laughs> like or not that far. But back then, that was a big deal. Like he went far, like his that uh, you know for uh, the race started in 2011. I guess it was you know Johan, another fellow, had brought it up to like 200 miles. Um, but uh, for a long time, it was, you know, a race that was in the, like, hundreds early. Yeah. So it, it was then uh, it was down to a uh, French runner, myself, Guillaume. And uh, we last almost another 24 hours beyond Johan. And we had this crazy, crazy, crazy rain the second night that was just, like, I mean, it was so thick that I couldn't even see like a meter in front of myself. So I mean, I was just kind of watching the line of the road, and there's no cars in this area. It's a rural area, so 
So I just remember it was just like this crazy rain. Then we get back and like, you know, back then we didn't really have very sophisticated like setups at all. Like I'm not that it's sophisticated today, but like I, I had like my friend show up like four or five hours into the race and I had a little rink-a-dink tent and like I wasn't planning to like really lay down or anything like that. There was no thoughts of, oh, you got to sleep. Like you just kind of stayed up. And yeah. so uh, the campment was like, they're also experiencing this crazy rain. So it's kind of funny to get back there and see all those people just dealing with the rain themselves. And it's just like crazy rain. <laughs> and that went over into like 200 miles. And that seemed like such a far distance. And we both, Gim and I felt really pretty strong at that point, I think. And, but mentally, I was thinking like that was, um, I had no idea what to expect. And I thought that Gim was going to like give up pretty soon because it had never gone beyond 204 miles. And then he didn't give up. <laughs> so, so then it just kept going. And then I remember, yeah, it just, it was a very interesting race. And I also love the dynamic of like interacting with the runners, especially on the first day. And like, um, and just having the opportunity to like meet people from all around and hear their stories and see them like, um, like there was a runner there that she was doing her first half marathon. And like, that was so early in the race, but it was so exciting to be there with her in like the third lap and then seeing her get to that fourth lap. And then there was another guy who came from Maine who was a teacher and he like, just like, I think he just barely made um, a loop on the, in the, in the first night. And he was really um, working hard and it was inspiring to see these people like, you know, pushing through these difficult um, difficulty. So I, I really liked it and, and uh, just kind of fell into like one of the things I enjoy the most in ultra running. Yeah, it's interesting that um, that the poll voted so overwhelming, overwhelmingly for you to run in a backyard ultra and it kind of just shows to me that how um, interesting and appealing the format sounds to people that they wanted to, you to race in that backyard ultra. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I think... Um, it arguably it could be one of the most entertaining types of like ultras to watch yeah. like tr watch it unfold i mean i think that there's beautiful races and it's pretty incredible like the utmb they'll have drones out there and like a lot of money into the race um but when it comes down to like the backyard ultra there's 75 runners showing up for bigs and really uh you know there might be some runners who have a small uh you know favorite like in terms of like the you know their previous but i mean everyone's come in and has done incredibly well and won a, or been a champion or um pushed the ele the, the the level further and so it's like uh it's an incredible level of competition in which anyone can like possibly win yeah and uh, it's entertaining because that everyone is tied. <laughs> you have no idea how long the race will go or what might transpire. Yeah. Anything can will happen. And and when you finished that first backyard ultra you ran, did you walk away thinking to yourself, "I can't wait to do another one"? No, <laughs> I don't think it was like. You always have to have a little inspire, but yeah. I did think. Wow, that was really uh, something. Yeah. And I remember thinking that, oh, yeah, it was like automatic that you I would go back and, and do bigs again the next year. But that time, there was only one race. There was only bigs backyard. Yeah. And, um, however, I'm having some mango here. I love the mangoes. <laughs> yeah, no worries. However, already at that first event, I have a friend, Derek Tinnan, uh, who was there. He was running the race. And I remember him also having some conversation with Laz. And I'm sure Laz's mind, he's, his mind is just roll, roaring, rolling. And he was starting to think about, wow, well, how could I make this into a, a race that is bigger than this? You know, how can I 
um, do this. And so he was already starting to get the early seeds planted in terms of dreaming up this idea of having something even more colossal, having like uh, these satellite races. And then with COVID occurring, it kind of fast-tracked the whole process. Uh, I think in, in some respects, I mean, having uh, Dave Proctor uh, and his team organize that uh, the uh, sort of virtual backyard that occurred it, with the pandemic mm. uh, was, uh, I had like over, I think there were maybe like 19,000 people in it. I'm not sure. It was a lot of people. There were a lot of people in that race. Yeah. And that that was that also kind of showed how this race could occur in all these different countries. And, uh, and then Laz had, you know, just, it's, it's perfect because it's decentralized. There's no like gargantuan fee. Like people can just, you know, start it in any country on the planet and you don't have to pay any sort of fee to get to do it. It's like, it's like running itself. It's like free, it's uh and, and it's uh, exciting because people can push them their individual best or you can collaborate with others to try to you know build a bigger thing and you're all pushing for something bigger as a group so it, it's uh it's just uh it's grown faster than i ever imagined it would have <laughs> like i mean that's kind of incredible in short six years now it's in i'd, I'd have to ask Laz again every time i ask him he's like oh yeah it's in another four countries now. So it's over probably 60 countries. And I know like three years ago, it was like 10,000 people had done it. So now it's got to be double that, I imagine. So, <laughs> and when I look at ultra, um, ultra sign up, or no, it's the ultra running calendar in America, like for races, it's really fascinating because they have categories. You can do like 50K, 50 mile, 100 mile race, and you can search on the calendar. And now backyard ultras, if you if you look at the the search profile, like they are, I think, I mean, there were, I feel like there was, I'm not sure how many there are. I, I feel like there were a hundred on there or more. I'm not sure like a high number, but I do know that there were as many like backyard, there was as many backyards as there were like hundred mile races now and other things like they just is jumped in terms of a category yeah. and it's fast and it's exciting to see that that there's all these different formats for it too like people have there's a, a race in minnesota where they in incorporate this really large um it's like a small mountain <laughs> so you have to do that every loop right. so you have some that to like a, a race that's like happening you know, somewhere hot or just a variety of types of backyard environments where these are happening. Like you hear about uh, up in northern like uh, Sweden uh, or somewhere like that and like how that it might be happening in the snow. I mean, it's, it's really pretty fascinating. Yeah. I was going to um, say, like, I know that you love running for Team USA in the 24-hour track race. So did, did that set champs? concept where you could actually run for your country did that really get your juices flowing and get you excited to get back into the format mm. for the backyard yeah mm. Mm. i i don't know i would say mm. i mean I, I i actually now like the backyard more than i like the 24 hour race yeah for sure <laughs> yeah um in, in fact this year um I kind of sacrificed my place on the 24 hour team. I made myself vulnerable because I only did two 24 hour races in the last two years mm. to qualify 24 hour USA team. And both, both of those races were in less than ideal um, locations. Like they were involving like warm weather, <laughs> you know, wow. so like running warm weather, if you run in 80 plus degrees, or 80 degrees, it's not going to be, um, you're not going to be as ideal as something like 70 or, you know, 68 degrees or something like that. Um, so uh, I ended up um, going to Australia this summer, and which I would never trade in a million years. I absolutely love running in Dead Cow Gully. 
Um, but um, a, a good number of other runners ran a uh, a, a race uh, it, it, in, inside arena, uh, which they qualified for the 24-hour team. So I got bumped down to alternate, <laughs> which is it's 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 fine. I, I wish congratulations to the to the team members that that made it. And uh, this is like that. I made it five years or five five races in a row uh, from like 2011 to uh, to like uh, the last one we had in France. Um, but I really like the backyard ultra. So it's like I've invested more of my energy to like doing trail races and also doing a backyard ultra and diversifying myself. And uh, the idea of like racing for your country is also exciting. Like I like that, but I also I really like the individual backyard ultra. Like I probably, I would say I definitely prefer like this year, the individual race um, because I like seeing all the runners from like different countries like Japan and um, Venezuela, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand. I love seeing the different runners actually at the excitement of like running for your country and the way Laza set this up, especially like, you know, having 15 runners from each country and like knowing that it's not just about the person that finishes first, but it's actually the person that uh, every place really matters. Like, because how far each runner can make it makes it all the more exciting. So Laz is always trying to find clever ways to like push us all. Yeah, sure. <laughs> He's pretty damn good at it. You've had yeah. him on this podcast now, haven't you? Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. I had him on a few months ago now. He was great. Very oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. He's a really, really interesting guy. Um what was one of your uh favorite takeaways from having Laz on the show? Oh, I think it was just um look how, how passionate he is about it, how um how much he enjoys the events, um, how much he loves watching the runners push themselves. It sounds like he actually is amazed at how how the runners actually i don't think he ever imagined it to um turn into such a, a battle of the mind i think he when he first came up right. with it, he thought it was going to be more of a running race which it is but he didn't uh -huh. anticipate the mind to play such a big role that's really neat hmm uh which is what one of the reasons why i love the race so much <laughs> yeah yeah me too um so when you got the message from tim walsh inviting you to his race at the australian backyard masters was that was that a pretty much easy decision to make or did you have to give it some thought well i knew i, I loved to go to australia um I did, I did like, because it, it's a serious decision, like involved, like, you know, I, I, I do, uh, I'm responsible for a lot of different things, like looking after my mother and different stuff. So I had to, I think I gave it like um, a few days at least to think it through. Um, but I very much, you know, wanted, to, was excited about the idea. Because mm. yeah. I mean, you did have bad water just a, a few weeks later. So that must have come into play as well i guess uh yeah I, I i went into the race like um imagining that it would be like uh my 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 a race and then bad water would be uh hold on for dear life and to see how how i could fare in that and like ultimately uh i i have sort of a, a running streak I accidentally have a running streak with bad water so uh it's always like an annual pilgrimage of sorts like a journey that i i love uh so i definitely didn't want to sacrifice not doing bad water but my my imagination was that it would be pretty tough to like you know have have a, like an all-in bad water experience with with a backyard that could go quite long so yeah, yeah it, it was like in my mind at that point like uh the a race yeah sure um on that first day at the masters um i remember we had a bit of a chat out on course and i i got the impression that you were a little bit surprised by the tactics that 
some runners were using and they were running running their loops quite fast on that first day was was do you remember that oh sure yeah definitely yeah 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 and, and what was that a surprising thing for you like seeing the, the not, i mean not that i haven't seen people do that before but uh it usually doesn't end well yeah. <laughs> so i mean phil managed to pull that off like he did he he pulled that off and he did an amazing job and it was really fun to watch uh yeah him uh with his individual strategy of how he was running the race um but i i did like at that moment i was thinking like that the field was running too quickly and that it was gonna like uh reduce our our our, our opportunity our chances to get the world record so i remember like even running up to the front like group and like i don't remember when this was but somewhere like it may have been somewhere in that afternoon on the first day and just saying to the group, you know, um, you know, maybe it'd be a good idea to just go a little easier, you know? And, uh, I think I got like a, a little bit of like, a, you know, what, what are you saying to me response? Um, but that was okay. I, I don't mind. Like, uh, I, I don't know if they were thinking I was just trying to mess with them mentally or something, but I actually like, was looking at it more of being like how I run the race when I'm running with the USA team. Yeah. Like with the USA team, I take like a leadership role and I always am watching everybody and like, you know, trying to give positive encouragements and trying to make sure that the team, every member can go as far as they humanly can versus when I'm running the race in the individual world championship, I may be like, you know, just more honed into like, just like uh, letting everything play out on its own and not be uh, too caught up in like what other people are doing to give give them some sort of like advice or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure leading into the Masters, like you knew that there'd be some really good runners there, like the best in Australia, the best from New Zealand. Um, but at, at around what stage of the race did you realise that this actually was an extra special race and breaking a hundred is a real possibility. Yeah, I, I suppose probably somewhere into um, that third day, um, you know, especially the third, I, I don't recall exactly where we were at when we were doing that seven and three. Like I have to look back to that when we had like about six runners left and we were like start off with like, uh there's some like thing like we'd run seven minutes at the very start and then we'd walk three minutes and then we had like a group everyone was together except for phil phil was out <laughs> doing his own keeping with his own strategy which worked really well for him and uh but that was really kind of a nice uh sweet spot in terms of like the like the teamwork that was happening and uh, holding as many people together as possible. And it's really quite fascinating how, you know, the, the more people, like everyone from the very get-go survives longer, it ultimately usually uh, mathematically plays out to like the, the final person that survives making it further. Uh, so it's interesting how they, you know, the, even a person that maybe only makes it one loop can influence the outcome of the final results. So it's it, it kind of an interesting mathematic uh, formula. So uh, uh, that was kind of neat to see, like, just the desire amongst all the runners. Um, so when I saw that real desire amongst runners to really push things, and I knew it was for sure, I had already thought that it's possible, but then it just uh, elevated the possibilities. Yeah. And do you remember it around what stage of the race things stopped being easy and started getting hard for you uh well let's see uh, i i don't really remember um i guess i'll put the like i only keep the positive thoughts in my head yeah. <laughs> but i do remember where it got really hard was uh the i guess it would have been yeah, it was after like the the second night. It was into the third. Let's see, it was into the third day, fourth day. 
Uh, okay. It was after 300 miles into the fourth day, I believe. And I made a mistake, like, um, somewhere, I think around like, maybe it was around 11 AM. Like we have a checks and balance system and, uh, my crew member and I both made a mistake that I went out in the warmer part of the day without any fuel. And like at that point where I'm already like, you're already 300 miles into it then uh, things are exponentially more um, damaging on your body armor. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that was a mistake I made. And at that point, I felt like really pretty strong. Like I felt like equally strong with the other two runners. Like uh, even though I wasn't running as fast, I felt very strong. But then once that occurred, then I just, you know, felt like I was barely making it back every loop. And I was thinking in my head, I, I don't know if I'll make it this time. I'm just going to keep on going. And the next loop, I, I got back and I had to drink like a whole big giant, like um, two liter. Or no, it was probably like 1.5 liters of like coconut water. Like I drank that in like less than like two and a half minutes. Oh. And then Coca-Cola. Like, and now I still wasn't all the way hydrated uh, because your body, it just takes a long time to catch up. So then I was, I was always just barely making it felt about like four or five minutes and then not really totally your body cannot recover as easily when you get to that place. So that, that was, uh, that ultimately was my unraveling. <laughs> but when I got to the, the fourth night, you know, again, I was, I was still in that mode. I just never got out of that mode of feeling like I was just making it. Yeah. after so i mean i was hanging on for like at least like 12 hours beyond the point of where i actually made that mistake but that caused me problems for the rest of that time and yeah. i was trying to get my body to like resettle but it's really tough to get to resettle so maybe it's possible but yeah that that um uh there's some different strategies that could have maybe, uh, you know, tried to employ. <laughs> so yeah. it was always a nice life learning experience. Yeah, definitely. So that was my next question. Like, did running at the Masters help you pinpoint any changes to strategy or race plan that you might make at Bigs in October? Oh, certainly. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And any that you'd like to share or you're going to? Oh no, it's gonna be big surprises. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I always have some new curveballs. Yeah. And uh, you know, I love that. Like that's what the beauty of this is. Like, you know, it's like you uh it's like a video game. You go and you you compete, you like play that game and you learn and you adapt as a character. So that's the beauty of it, is like uh I don't come in as the same character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you got like you, you up your 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 level each time you are in one of these types of like you know um, sort of battle royales. Like, so it, it's really quite fun. You know, it's like you can learn a lot. You can grow physically. You can grow like uh, in terms of like your mental stamina, and you can like you know always uh, like you know evolve a little bit and yeah. and change grow. Yeah, and when you look at your um, results, you you are still on an upward trend. Like even when you're the assist, it's still usually a PB or close to a PB. You're still always improving. Yeah, that was one of the best things that came out of Australia. So even though I was I went out like third to go out or third to last to go out, uh, I felt you know one it was really awesome to see the world record set in Australia. Like that was super amazing. So for any of us that were in that race, including yourself, like you participated and were part of like, you know, bringing Phil, also Phil did under his own power, but like we all played a role in, in um, him getting to his uh, mark of 103 and Sam Harvey, like that amazing, you know, uh, just um, really special uh, push, like the last, you know, <laughs> eight hours. You know, and, and then the, the the teamwork that occurred between Phil and Sam Harvey was just, that's beautiful. Like, it's just such an amazing thing in our sport to see, 
you know, that sort of thing occur in order to get to a world record. So like, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was just uh, so much fun to be a part of that race. And uh, one of my favorite races of my life. Yeah. The, um, the nights, a lot of people found it extremely cold. Now I know where you are, it does get cold and Ohio backyard ultra, it's absolutely freezing. So were those nights, were they hard for you or were they a walk in the park? Well, I mean, um, it, it, it wasn't a walk in a park, park per se, but yeah, it's all relative. So, I mean, like, you know, I've done races where like the Arrowhead 135, it gets out to, like negative, you know, 20, like uh, temperature. And in Ohio, we certainly had like negative, or uh, Minnesota, we had like, you know, really cold temperatures. So I always know it's like, you, you know, there's just adaptations that you do, but with that being said, it was freaking cold at times because when I start off, I'd like be underdressed. And then, uh, so I'd be like, just kind of shaking and, you know, just like, <laughs> and then, you know, I get going a kilometer down the road and then I felt pretty good, you know, because so, so if you dress warmer than that, you like start off uh, feeling comfortable, but then you're down the road like a, a kilometer or two and you're like sweating profusely, which you don't want to have happen. Um, yeah, I, I really could have done better in terms of Australia, like um, in terms of like what I was doing with my gear. Like I was I was using extra energy at times in the night that I needed to. Mm -hmm. um, Sam and I were adapting on the go. Like my, my buddy, Sam, uh, Samuel Hartman was he was amazing as a crew chief and I love him, but he's only crew for me like one time, that one time at the backyard. So, uh, you know, the fellow that's most and knows me most well that we team up together, uh, he, he wasn't able to make it to Australia. And so he's he's much more sometimes he, he's a little he, he can read me a little better. Just uh, and that's no offense to Sam. It's just the fact that like we've been in so many races together, so it's like uh, it makes an impact. You know, like the crewing aspect is really critical. And Sam did incredible. I couldn't have made it as far as I did without him. Um, but maybe there's a few things that that uh, my um, Judd Judd Poindexter who crews me at base. He would. Um, read into it, maybe like it helped me to adapt a little bit, yeah. Um, you know, a little differently. Um, maybe I would be more receptive to listening. As Sango Hartman said, we we kind of got into it a little bit in the midst of like that last uh, like 70 miles, like we would kind of get a little like little debates about things together, and it was kind of funny because that normally doesn't happen with my crew. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it all, it was fun. It was a, a great learning experience and, uh, I wouldn't have changed anything really for that. That was so much fun to do that race the way we had it. Yeah. Um, so the coverage of the race, like there was some really, I don't, you probably would have seen it by now, but there was some really good footage, um, captured between loops and some of the video footage of you. Um, taken in the house in particular, like towards the end, was pretty intense. You're like, you look tired. You had, <laughs> yeah, you, um, you just, yeah, that was, uh, who's, whose video was that? Ad, Adam Keane was taking That's a right. Adam, yeah, so he, yeah. He's a, he's awesome, man. He's a quiet character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm grateful that he had caught some of our footage in between loops and just how it is to be right there in the thick of it. Like uh, when you're really just pushing to the, the you know, yourself really yeah. just pushing. And yeah. Probably, and, and it was and fun probably, to watch yeah. Because you probably yeah. didn't remember a lot of that as well at that time. Like, uh, no, I remember all of it. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. I actually remember it all. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there, it, it, oddly enough, like, I mean, I was, um, because I went through that period in the day, like I talked about. So I was running on like, uh, sort of like, um, under, under my normal fuel level. <laughs> and, and so I actually remember that like, it was so unusual for me. I never had it happen, but, but somewhere in that fourth night, like I, I actually was like, forgot why I was out there. Exactly. I knew, I knew I had to like complete the loop, 
And I knew I had to do it in like, like this loop that went out and back in like 60 minutes, but it was sort of like I was almost in like a dreamlike state. And I was just like, uh, I've kind of forgotten why I'm doing this. <laughs> what is, what is my, so it was so unusual. Yeah. And then I, this only lasted for like a loop and I, I figured out, I got back into my orientation, but that video captured me at the end of that loop where I came in, I was like to my, my crew member, Sam, who was an awesome guy. Uh, but I was like, uh, I, I just forgot like what, what I should like run at what pace. Like, and he's just like, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. I'm like, well, what does that mean, Sam? That doesn't tell me. Like, what do you mean? Just do it. Yeah. So it was pretty funny. And then, yeah, I, I ended up laying down the bed. And um, yeah, like I ended up like kind of, Sam was seeing me like waste energy because I'm like insisting on taking my own shoes off and things like that. So he was seeing things that he, it, it just was, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm like, uh, I, 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 I'm like having a conversation sort of with my inner ego or inner like self about, um, yeah, I'm tired and I, I don't really like want to run, but, uh, that's being like wimpy or whatever words I said, like weak or something. I don't know. And I said, like, I'm definitely still running. I gotta get, get over that off myself. So it was, it was kind of funny, like just seeing like, yeah, looking like I'm sort of totally out of it. <laughs> but, but not entirely out of it yeah um yeah so it it was fun it was a good experience because i was thinking i was thinking like how is he getting up and doing another loop like what did you have anything that you were repeating in your mind just to keep you going um at that particular spot no, it was just like an inner, like, uh, my mind, like, said, like, I just don't, like, want to give up to stop, you know. Um, but then uh, a little while, a couple of laps after that, like, and again, I was still coming in with just a few minutes to go, and it was getting, like, uh, it's just it's just tough to maintain that for forever. <laughs> so so um, ultimately, I went back out, and I was doing that T, the first out, and, um I don't know why at that point I just like think I thought that I was too far behind and too little energy. And after like you know, 12 hours of saying, uh, well, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to see if, if I can pull this off again. I finally like said, OK. Um, and then uh, Phil and, and uh, Sam ran by and I said, yeah, go get it, guys. Uh, this is it for me. And then um, once they passed, then I actually almost immediately went into this super deep hallucination, which I've never experienced like that level before <laughs> anywhere. Uh, it was like prior to that, I may have seen, I've had minor hallucinating in the sense of like the woods make uh, strange lights or I might see some shadow and think it's like something that it's not or uh, hear things that aren't there like in the midst of a run um, where I'm really pushing to a very far distance. Um, but nothing to this level. And I saw like these grass people and then the trees came alive. Yeah. Everything was like super, um, my, my, my like, uh, sense of like, uh, hearing just seemed to be like super heightened. And I like, then I would just kind of fall asleep for a second. I'd be talking and I'd wake up and I like knew I was talking to myself <laughs> and I knew I was hallucinating. And I was just like, okay. And it was kind of cold. And I also didn't have the energy to walk back to it. Even though I went as far as I had for a lot, long time, I just didn't feel that, you know, it's like your mind has driven you so far. And then you get to that spot and you're like, the body's like, uh, then you realize it's like the finish of a race when you're like, what the heck? I just ran the last 10 miles of that long giant race. But now I don't feel like I can do a hundred meters to get over there to that car. <laughs> like, it's like your mind has like committed to doing so far. And then it's like turned off from like the idea of like uh, continuing. Uh, so yeah, that was a really wild set of hallucinations. Now, I don't know what would have happened is if I would have kept on running through those hallucinations, that might've been really interesting. So maybe, maybe, now maybe I should have just kept on running and like, fought through that other barrier there and then just kept on running and then when i've been running i would like 
like that would be really wild. Getting back to the to aid station, if those hallucinations were still going, I don't know what everyone looked, but like, like by the end of that loop, yeah. you know, so and who knows what the next loop would have brought. So I mean, really, I missed out on like even bigger hallucinations. <laughs> Because I maybe mean, I would have been seeing some dragons or some other wild like things. It wasn't scary, but like man, it could have, like activate a whole other world. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I've spoken to a few um, runners before who experience leading up to backyard ultras. They'll often have dreams about being in the race. Like me, for example, I'll often dream that I'm that I've missed the bell and I'm late into the starting corral. I've got a friend who was having dreams leading up to the Masters that they were actually in the starting to, in the starting corral in the nude, and um, <laughs> so do you have do you get have dreams about backyard ultras before you race in them too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, maybe like I haven't had one for at least like a week. <laughs> yeah, at least a week ago I did. Yeah, I, I definitely will. And I, I, in the next, like, uh, you know, seven and a half weeks leading up to bigs, I will definitely have some dreams. Yeah. So, um, you know, dreams are, like, sometimes opportunity to, like, work, work through some, uh, you know, glitches or thoughts in your head, too. Yeah. So, or you may, like, uh, be concerned about. But it's kind of fun. <laughs> but yeah, I've had those right like I, I I think the one from like a week ago, I couldn't find where the course was or something like that. You know, so it's like something ridiculous. And then you like got that feeling like, damn, I, I really want to be here. I really, really want to be doing this. And I can't find a damn course. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, so it was like uh very interesting. Yeah, and it, how the mind works and the psychology behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really fascinating. Yeah, so um, also one of the things um, with the Masters is a lot of people said it was a good practice run for everyone who's going to be at Biggs. Um, how does the Biggs course compare to the Australian Backyard Masters course? Is it very similar? Well, uh, no, <laughs> it's not very similar. It's not, it's not, it's not but it's... it's um, it is. It, it is and it isn't. So, like, on the road, I'd say it's relatively similar in some respects, like, in terms of, like, um, you know, having a trail portion and a road portion, that's similar. Uh, in terms of, like, the road is, um, in some ways, in bigs, it has, a, I feel like it has a little more elevation to it, um, but it's a singular out and back versus in Australia, it's out to the right, to the left, and back. So I mean, it's um, that could be an advantage or a disadvantage, like depending on how you look at it. Uh, and then in Australia, the road is also more grainy. Like um, it's like got uh, a type of sort of concrete that has um, larger pebbles in it. Mm. So like that's not smooth. Um, that makes it a, a little bit of a challenge, slightly, and that's a you know that spark. But um, nighttime at Biggs can be warm or cold. Like versus like the nighttime in Australia was just cold. Yeah. So there's a lot of different variables at play. Um, but that's the one that could be the closest in alignment. Yeah. And then uh, for the you know the the, the trail portion, um, it's just different. Like there's there's different like elements to the um, Biggs that will be different than uh, what people experience at, at the dead cow golly. Mm. And there, there's uh, some cows on the, that are on the si uh, side of the road that, that they like to cheer for me as I'm going back and forth in both of the races. <laughs> like, go, go get it, that vegan guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the World Championships at Bigs in October, like it's undoubtedly – the the best backyard ultra field ever assembled then that's without a doubt do you reckon, do you reckon yeah. it could also be um said that it's the best group of runners ever assembled in any race well i don't, I don't know that that that's um it's definitely the best field that's ever been assembled in any ultra yeah for sure in any ultra backyard for sure 
you know, like um, it's it's uh, it's arguably one of the best fields ever. Um, like for uh, you know, a lot of races, for example, like even like Western states um, or uh, like um, Western states may have maybe like fifteen or twenty really really top runners. Um, so like this backyard ultra also has like you know it has a large collection of really strong runners um but we are in a specialization of like backyards so if you take these same you know some runners who are really strong in in one one area of ultra running they may not be as strong in another category so i mean that's um where you know i would just say definitely it's an incredible field um maybe arguably one of the best like fields um definitely the best backyard field ever in lake history uh but uh just a really uh yeah, excited to see like just the uh, the various um strengths and uh like you know uh formulas that that each runner uh attempts to like uh employ <laughs> so yeah c considering how strong the field is um Pretty much everyone I speak to thinks that breaking a hundred is just. I'm win. <laughs> we all think we're gonna win. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so um, I everyone... got the dog barking now. <laughs> yeah, everyone hyped up. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I'm so just... do you do you think that um, breaking a hundred in that race um, is just a sure thing? No, no, I man. I, I don't think anything's short. Yeah. You know, so. It, 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 it's uh it's so it, it's it's rather um, difficult to predict you know like how far the race will go uh it's 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 uh it, there's so many like different uh variables you know like you could have a lightning storm that goes on for days you know and like the trees crash and no one and everyone the whole event gets paused or something crazy so I mean, I've been long uh, alive long enough to know that you know there's all different sorts of scenarios that can come out of like the race, uh, and just um, it's very interesting because there you you have 75 people, and definitely the majority of the 75 all you'll know, have like the singular like dream. Uh, one of the dreams is like to be the last person standing, or the, like to win the race. So that's why I was teasing around like. That, oh yeah, win the race, like yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like that, there there's so many people that you know, have a very strong uh you know probability of doing very well, uh, and just um it's it's impossible to necessarily predict the uh you know mileage outcome or where it's gonna all land. Sure. Um. And you are the defending world champ. Um, since then, though, four runners have gone over 100 hours. Um, and they're all going to be there as well. And so you're, so are you looking forward to bigs? I mean, you're still one of the big dogs, but do you feel like, um, are you looking forward to being more um, of a hunter rather than being the hunted? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's good. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I do like that. Uh, I'm actually everything transpired in a way that is uh, is is great uh, going into the race for me. I I, I, I like being. Uh, I don't mind being the underdog a bit. You know, that's like it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, how do you plan your racing calendar? Like, do you have a pretty good idea of the races that you're going to be doing next year yet, or? Uh, well, I, I do sort of like uh, I kind of uh, have like a, some races I, I, I love to repeat every year. Um, and then I like to always do some new races. I also like to do races that are like diverse. So I like to include some races. I like to have a backyard race. I like to have like uh, some mountain trail race. I like to like uh, have some level of growth 
in terms of like pushing myself in an area that to try to become stronger in. So uh, yeah, like for next year, I know I'm definitely gonna do bad water. Um, there's a, a relay race that each runner does 50K and you have to run rather fast. Um, and I'm gonna do that race again, just because it's a local race. And uh, I know I'm going to do a race in January. It's a 100-mile race. It's my fifth time doing this uh, long haul down in Florida. So it's just a, a great race to start off the year with. Uh, and if I manage to somehow pull out some sort of crazy spectacle and, and to win Big's Backyard, then I will go back to Barkley and get beat up again. Right. Hopefully I can beat up the course a little more this time. Yeah. So uh you know, no matter what, if you do it in five loops or wherever there in the bounce, you're still going to get some beat up from the course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I would love to go back to Barkley if that were an opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to get in that race. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, apply. It's my third time applying for Western States uh, in the lottery. So, who knows? It may take me. 10 years who knows i didn't I, i've been running ostros for 27 years but i didn't actually apply to like western states for the first time like three years ago and so uh I'm, i'll probably wait and see if i get in that race uh before i like make a commitment to uh, what specifically my summer races will be um, but, uh, I also take people on these really amazing hiking and running holidays in Portugal. So I have two of those trips happening in June and July and doing a race in Portugal in June with that excursion, which is like a 30 K, uh, race. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And of course, actually, I have to say like next year, I plan to do the, uh, world championship of the team, yeah. uh, for the so I do plan to go back and do that. So I'll at least do that backyard ultra. But I think a lot will be seeing if I get into Barkley or if I get into Western States before I like kind of shape the rest of my calendar. Mm. Um, those are will be the two big question marks uh, to see. And uh, but yeah, it's the backyards now become to me like something like Badwater, whereas I I really like. I was only the only person on the USA team that actually uh, was in uh, the last world championship that was also in the first world championship. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of wild that we only had, I was surprised that not more of the, the members from the first team, uh, you know, came back uh, for the second uh, round of that. And uh, yeah, it's it's a fun event. So I, I I I'm super excited for the individual. Like I'm I get more excited about that than even for the team. But the team one is also just totally different than the individual, and it's it's tons of fun. Yeah, I know it's a little while away, but um, the Australian Masters in 2025. Do you think you might come back for that? Man, I, I would be super tempted to. Uh, I really love the people that crewed for me. Uh, that were out there and also Tim like just blew me away in terms of like his hospitality and like his passion the course is fun like I love seeing the wallabies and like this the sunrises and sunsets just the sounds out in nature at nighttime the people in the race were phenomenal like uh, I love talking to people like yourself the Kiwis were amazing having them there our, our, our lone uh, South African, and it was just also, and, and it was just a, a lot of fun. I mean, we all had a great experience. I love the uh, local town, like the, just the, the character of the local town there uh, out in the country. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I would be very tempted uh, to come on back out and, and to do that race again. Um, I mean, I think it would be a different race uh, because always these things evolve. Like, so like bigs, for example, today is wildly different than the bigs I did in 2017. Like now it's everyone is like, you know, in it to like stay to the last person. Whereas in 2017, maybe we had like only a dozen people really had that sort of like thought about the race. And there were a lot of people just participating that were just 
out there for you know a, a short but like smaller like duration yeah. uh so but i think that the, the race will be special for a long time like uh i think tim's creating something really neat out there yeah um so i was asked recently if i think that we'll ever get to a stage where a backyard ultra could just go forever like if the runners nail their nutrition and their sleep they just they just don't stop now i don't think that that's possible but do you think we'll see like for example 150 hours happen someday soon well i'm not going to speculate on it because uh it, it, my mindset anything's possible yeah. um but on the other hand uh I, i've actually been out there for um going for fkt on the appalachian trail so i know what it is like to be in day 25 and day 28 day 40 you yeah. know doing almost you know 50 miles a day yeah. and going for like you know seven hour or like 16 hour days and it, it really is uh it, 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 it is extremely difficult. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that, uh, yeah, it, it, it's like there's, you know, uh, the long jump is still happening and it's been, you know, it's exciting to watch like, like the, the, the progress, um, from like decade to decade, but you know, there, there's not an infinite distance that, that the humans, are jumping you know there's like there are some like you know uh, laws of physics that still push against us even when we're you know doing our our damage to like you know defy the laws of gravity you know so it, it's uh there there that doesn't mean there can't always be progress there will always be pro progress but like uh how far that goes is is hard to say at this moment but there's still like a strong evolution, like a uh, learning curve, perhaps still happening. Yeah. And, and then new people come up with new things. So that's kind of exciting too. I'm working on a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> so I got something in the works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I can't wait to just follow along because it's going to be an amazing event. Um, just the the quality of runners there it's just going to be so much i can just imagine you're going to have so much fun yeah definitely it's uh it's definitely gonna be like very uh unique experience and uh you know it's it's gonna be yeah it can be it, it could be so many different things for different people yeah um but uh, it, it it's gonna be really uh something to see they uh be fun to um grateful to just have this opportunity to like be a part of it definitely yeah and you're yeah. you're gonna know most of the people there and a, a lot of the people there like are your friend and i know that you are a people person and at the um at the backyard masters it was obvious that you you like help you like talking to people you like um helping people because this is such a bigs is going to be such a competitive race is it is it are you going to be still doing that kind of thing do you think like is the 24 I, I can imagine the first 24 hours is going to go so fast because you're just going to be talking to people like is that what it's going to be like do you think yeah i, I mean i definitely think that like i honestly don't know uh i i still don't know like two-thirds of the field there for sure i mean i may have heard like of a couple more people than that like through social media or something but i honestly don't know like two-thirds of that field so one of my goals at the dead cow golly even though i didn't say it was one of my top goals was to try to learn everyone's name all <laughs> right <laughs> so i've been working on my my ability to do that which uh i'm getting a little better at because that was one of my weaknesses is, is uh yeah like with names um so I, i'll try to like get to those uh people there uh and definitely just uh enjoy like getting to hear some of their stories and getting to know people that's definitely gonna be fun to experience uh but uh yeah I, I, it's a different energy than like if i'm at um like 
the Dead Cow Gali or the USA uh, or the, the team world championship where I'm definitely like taking a role of, of trying to give some, some uh, ideas to people as much like to try to like get them further um, because uh, I, I don't want to disturb anyone's race um, who's already in this world championship if they have their own strategy like that seemed to work to them well enough to get them to that point. And then also, uh, it's just uh, it's more of the individual world championship. So uh, I, I probably would be a little different in that domain. But it's it's I love those races where I can take on that that opportunity, like enroll, like you know, kind of give some you know positive advice to people and things like that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, a lot of everyone I've spoken to said how much they enjoy running with you. At- dead cow gully like and we all noticed as well you remembered everyone's names everyone was really impressed with that um, I appreciate. I'm still working at it still working yeah. at it <laughs> um you gave me some advice when we were out there as well like I remember you were surprised that I didn't have any hydration with me and you told yeah. me you need to carry hydration with you and I've done that every single loop I've run since then and it's definitely going to stay with me that's for sure yeah yeah uh well um it was just so much fun to like uh just be out there with everybody that was that's one of the best things about these races is is that it you know in some races you might be doing a um like a hundred mile race or something like that and people get so spread out with this race you're you're continuously like having a chance to speak to anybody on the course uh which is that's so cool yeah yeah um yeah well look um thanks heaps for finding the time for the chat harvey it's been great oh yeah it's been a blast and uh down in melbourne man that's uh exciting you guys are getting close to spring yeah. uh what what race are you looking most forward to in the next like uh you know 12 months or six months well, I've got two. I've got a backyard ultra in Shepparton, um, which is just on the border of Victoria and New South Wales, coming up in two weeks. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, in November, I've got a silver ticket race, um, backyard ultra coming up. And my goal is to make the Australian team for the next Sat Champs. So um, that that race is my grand final for the year that I hope to do really well at. And, yeah, and then after that, I'll, I'll just wait and see. But I'm not looking too much further than that silver ticket race. Yeah, that that when does that happen? And that's going to be in November. That's that's neat. That's really well. Yeah, the um, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good runners there, so um, it's going to be a race where I hope to do a PB and yeah, get yeah. that silver ticket. That's exciting. Yeah, that's another great thing I love about the format as well. Is like you can determine your own destiny. Like you can go to a silver ticket race into the Sat Champs. If you win that, you get a golden ticket to Bigs. If you win that, right. you, go, you go to Barclay Marathon. So it, it right. it's all it's all laid out there. You can do it if you really want to. There you go. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, are you going to go for a run after this, Harvey? Or oh. Uh, I- yeah, I, I, I think I'd like to. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, just, uh, it's very nice here in, in Cincinnati, Ohio right now. Uh, we got um, just this really pleasant, uh, like, evenings and uh, daytimes. It's just the end of our summer uh, and uh, just trying to savor all that beautiful weather. Uh, I mean, I like the weather all the seasons and all the times, but this is always like a really, uh, you know, we get to hand off the baton to you guys, and you guys are going to have your nice uh, spring and summer coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so so pleasant to talk to you, and uh, I wish all the people watching, like, uh, their very, like, best adventures with uh, the Backyard Ultra and – just uh, keep getting at it. Yep, that's it. Well, look, thanks a lot, Harvey. Um, I, I can't wait for Biggs, and I wish you all the very, very best at Biggs and all the other races you're going to be doing. It's it's going to be great.
Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it all transpires. And uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, we hope to put on a show for everybody, most all the runners out there. And, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate everyone who follows us uh, during the event and send their, their energy to the seven Australian runners and to the rest of the field. It's, it's, it means so much to us to have the world connected by the, the event and like to see, you know, the, the power of the human um, spirit and will and like what we can do as a, as a whole group is really like something quite extraordinary that we couldn't do as an individual. So uh, Laz puts it out there and has come up with, you know, the, the, this sort of wild event that he champions because he, he really desires to create these races that, that bring out the greatest and like the, the individual runners in them. And, uh, but it means so much to be sharing that with the people following from all over. So uh, thank you if, if for, for that, for the people listening. Yeah. Yeah. We, we will be sharing uh, on our socials, uh, Tracy Outlaw, he, we, we kind of got wrapped around these adventures going back almost a decade now, uh, and it's under Harvey Lewis Ultra Runner. So uh, we'll have some great uh, material coming out from the race if you'd like to follow along. Yeah, sure, yeah. They're, that Tracy also... Um posted some really good stuff during that um the masters too and 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 you post some great stuff on your social media so anyone who's not following you definitely should because it's really really fun following you harvey thank you yeah uh, but i think my dog is better <laughs> you know if you're interested in following some really, my, my dog's got instagram uh can do carly she's oh. my really my number one training partner oh, okay. and uh Got a nice little chip tooth down on the side here. Yeah. <laughs> but she she like sometimes reveals some of the secrets of the training. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. I, I yeah. don't think I follow that. I'll have to I'll have to follow yeah. along. And she she just loves running. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 Which yeah. well, yeah. here's pleasure, everybody. I wish you the best, uh, down under. And so much fun chatting with you from the US. Yeah, thanks, Harvey. Hopefully, I'll run against you in another race sometime, sometime in the future. Most definitely. Yeah, that would be definitely. Good. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Harvey. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.